There are a lot of stories in urban legends about Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Well, I'm here to tell you that they're all mostly BS. Animatronics are shut off after hours and bolted to the floor at all times. However, there is one slight exception to this. I'm the assistant manager at a local Chuck E. Cheese that has been around since it was a showbiz pizza back when I was a kid. Until I grew out of the Chuck E. Cheesegoer age, I always aspired to work there, to get close to the animatronics, to see what made them tick. I knew kids who were frightened to death by them, that they were my favorite thing since I first saw them. Then, I forgot about it. I never went back to the place after my friend's birthday party when he and I were about six, up until a few months ago. At first, I was looking for a job, and considering my options in the small nothing town I live in, I convinced myself to go in and apply. To make a long story short, I got hired. I started working as a janitor. They bumped me up to assistant manager and hired another janitor. Supposedly the business had been scraping along without one, because they couldn't afford to hire a new person, even though it was demanded by corporate. Anyhow, I'm getting a little off track. In the restaurant, there's a back room where the animatronics were stored before they were repurposed as the new Chuck E. Cheese type animatronics. Mainly, they took the endoskeletons and guts from the old ones and stuffed them in the new costumes. However, there was an extra animatronic left over from Showbiz that didn't fit the new lineup. It was a clown with rainbow hair, big red nose, yellow costume, the works. It didn't actually have any legs, so it was stuck in a painted wooden booth. I remember it from showbiz, when it used to greet customers. Back to me. I was called for a meeting with all the other employees by the manager to help brainstorm on ways to make more money. After all, two extra employees can't pay for themselves. One kid suggested we add tunnels for the kids to play in, but it would cramp up the already tiny building too much. Another suggested extra arcade machines, but they didn't gross enough to be worthwhile, unless there was more business. And again, the building was bigger. After sitting, melting in our chairs in the stuffy, poorly ventilated meeting room for about 15 minutes, which felt like a half hour, the manager suddenly sat up with what appeared to be an idea. He said, We should use the creepy clown in the back for educational purposes. Think about it, we strip the costume off to just the endoskeleton and add signs and pamphlets about how it works. The parents would go nuts for that sort of thing, no? Everyone, including myself, nodded in agreement and murmured a yeah or an okay. Fast forward to a week later, and we've got it all set up, right in a corner to the left of the entrance. The upper half of the endoskeleton sitting in a wooden box, which has been repainted with something like, learn how we work, with the Chuck E. Cheese mascots painted below it. Several colorful signs had been placed around the inside of the animatronic, which described its parts and what they do in simple, kid-friendly terms. As we had hoped, parents went crazy for the attraction, holding their kids' shoulders tight, guiding them over to the booth, booing and eyeing, trying to coax their kids into being interested in the endoskeleton. There were a few straggler kids who went up to the booth by themselves, occasionally a group, but mostly to kick it and stick gum to the clear plastic shell he had placed over the stripped animatronic. It truly was a sight to behold. Wires, frame, and tubes exposed. Eyeballs with small white irises, staring at the animatronic stage, motionless. 
Unlike most cliché stories about these sorts of events, I didn't get a bad feeling about the animatronic skeleton, nor did it stare at me. It just looked off into space, motionless. The informational booth went very well. However, I'm not here to endlessly describe how the business was, or glorify the animatronic skeleton. That evening, everyone left, the manager and I being the last. Walking out, we blabbed about our social lives, as he jammed his key in the front door to lock it, then bid each other farewell for the weekend. It was a Friday, and his nephew was covering my weekend shift. Besides, this town was pretty old-fashioned. Most places are still closed on Sundays. Caught a glimpse inside the dark building through a window, and I swear, I saw the animatronic skeleton twitch for a moment. Shunned the thought of a disabled animatronic moving when it was disconnected, and got in my car and went home. The weekend passed, which consisted of me visiting my mother and logging more hours into games on my PC. I then returned to work on Monday a few minutes late and walked in to look around. Everything was where it should be. Grimy arcade machines in place, greasy quarter dispenser still somewhat functional. It was all good. Looking over into the corner where the endoskeleton booth was, I noticed something different about it. The animatronic was looking in another direction straight down rather than at the stage. I quickly realized that the manager's nephew had most likely been messing with it, but I then remembered it was bolted down, both the shell to the booth and the booth to the floor. The manager walked out and greeted me, and being the coolest manager ever, he didn't mention how I was 10 minutes late. The thing he did mention, however, was that the animatronic skeleton's head was in a different direction. His theory was that the neck was getting too weak and worn out to support the head, which seemed pretty plausible. I asked what would happen if we connected it as it was, and he said it would be a waste of power, so I forgot about it. The day went normally. I watched over the employees and even had a slice of the questionable pizza. The next day went fine, and the next as well. However, about a week or two later, give or take a few days, Strange things revolving around the animatronic skeleton started happening. I was reviewing a night's security footage as usual, and even in the low frame rate used to save storage space, I saw the animatronic blink slow and deliberately. A few days later, reviewing the overnight footage yet again, I noticed the animatronic slowly raise its head back to face the stage. The following days after this strange incident, led to an investigation by my manager, my fellow employees, and I. Once again sitting in the stuffy meeting room, everyone talked amongst themselves until the manager cleared his throat. Uh, after much thought, we've come to the conclusion that someone is playing an elaborate prank. This is strictly against company policy, and as such, I cannot allow whoever's behind it to remain employed. As much as I don't want to do this, I'm afraid we'll have to let you go. He turned to one of the managers who was, as I was informed, working overtime when the incidents occurred. Jeremy. The manager turned towards Jeremy who was sweating profusely. Then again we were all sweating profusely. But that's not the point. He became flustered, swallowing frantically, trying to reason with the manager. Sorry Jeremy, but all the evidence points to you. And I cannot allow this to continue. The janitor barred his teeth in anger, ripping at his shirt and stormed out. Everyone watched in shock as he pushed down cardboard cutouts and kicked an arcade machine on his way. 
Speechless, the manager waved us out, and we continued our duties. The next day came and I surveyed the security tapes, finding nothing unusual. As the days went on, I became convinced it was Jeremy finding some way to mess with the animatronic. Feeling like at some point my life had become nothing more than checking security tapes, hoping, yet also hoping against, for the animatronic skeleton to move. Or do something. Although two weeks passed and nothing happened. Then, of course, something did happen. It started with the animatronic now changing entire positions. The camera feeds became increasingly jumpy and shoddy, which, for reasons unknown, made my heart sink. I should have quit there, just left. Others did. Most did, in fact. The manager did everything he could to conceal the happenings from the public. And as far as this was concerned, he was doing a pretty good job. We were soon required to film ourselves leaving the building, and the cameras were replaced with newer, higher-quality ones. And the animatronic now had a camera inside its booth. It appeared that the manager was becoming increasingly paranoid, warning us not to tell anyone, and became a recluse in his office, leaving only upon closing time. Supposedly, he'd even received a letter from the owner about this issue. It wasn't until I saw yesterday's security footage from inside the animatronic's booth that I began to sympathize with my manager. It starts fine with nothing out of the ordinary, but it quickly takes a turn for the worst. The fee becomes choppy and staticky, but through this, you can see the animatronic jitter and raise its head, looking around. You can hear the whine of its motors, and it proceeds to crawl through an opening in the backside of the booth. The feed goes black. After a few minutes of nothing, the feed comes back. I was practically flung out of my chair from shock by what my eyes beheld. The animatronic dressed in its creepy clown outfit parts torn and faded, beckoned the other employees to come watch, and shared my reaction. We confronted the manager, each of our barrages of questions raining down on him at once. He just sat there in his chair frowning, face pale as a sheet of paper. Doing his best to answer our questions, he eventually just turned around in his chair and made whining noises that we assumed to be crying. We left and continued our jobs. Later that day, he stumbled out of his office, handing all the employees pink slips and giving them hugs. When he came to me, I told him that whenever he needed help, I'd be there. He thanked me, but instead of proceeding to hand me a slip, he just went back into his office. Later that night as I was leaving, one of the employees shoved me against the wall of the building and was about to beat me up for making him lose his job. His reasoning was that, except for my manager, I had the only key to the back room where the animatronics costume was stored. Just as he landed a punch, the manager stormed out, walking towards the disgruntled former employee, who quickly became spooked and ran off. We parted ways without a word. At this point, I felt genuinely horrified. These insane events were ripping my kind-hearted manager, as well as my co-workers, to shreds. So I decided to do the right thing. The right thing being ask him to take it off his hands. He of course agreed, and I brought it home with me for the night. This morning I brought it to a couple paranormal investigator geeks, who happened to be my friends from high school. They spewed a bunch of mumbo jumbo and basically told me it wasn't haunted. But it did have funky wiring issues. I took the thing to an electrician, and when he looked at it, 
He stared at me with a wide-eyed expression. What? I replied, weirded out by his gaze. This, I, I can't. This is absolutely unbelievable. Come here. He beckoned me to come to his side, so I did. What is it? He pointed to an admittedly strange-looking circuit, with wires half-exposed and chewed. See this wire here? The red one? He pointed to a chewed-up wire. It's creating what's known as an infinite circuit. I won't explain in detail, but he basically told me that a chewed-up wire that's touching a metal frame piece created, as I mentioned, an infinite circuit. It was somehow using the most minuscule amount of electricity to build up a charge and power a module that in turn powered the animatronic. Hence why it took so long between complex actions. Which meant that the thing still technically had a power source. I thanked him and brought it home again, throwing it into a fire pit in my backyard. I grabbed a sturdy tree branch and beat the crap out of the thing, taking note not to use something metal like an axe for obvious reasons. After I was satisfied taking my anger out on the thing, I showered in all the lighter fluid I owned, and as cliche as it sounds, I lit it up and walked away. Then I ran back to it with a fire extinguisher and sprayed it. Okay, so maybe I beat it a little bit more with an empty fire extinguisher. Or a lot more. The point is, it's gone. It's gone forever. I got my coworkers' jobs back and told them what happened, and my manager promoted me to his position before he quit. I guess I'll have to accept the electrician's version of things. After all, he is an electrician. Although I'll never be able to explain how the thing got its costume back on or seemingly crawled outside of its booth. Before the manager had given me the animatronic, he had stripped it of its costume again. Every day I come into work, I see its ripped up rubber mask sitting in the back room, grinning, waiting. For what? I can't possibly know. <laughs>